0: Hello, and welcome back to The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me as always is...
1: Solno Cooper.
0: That's pretty good. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Um, Solomon Cooper, we have a really special show today because we are going to be A, reviewing a movie that I'm very excited to talk about, and B, doing one of our first ever annual traditions, because yes, we have been doing this podcast now for just over a year, and we're yes. now in a place where we can do a something, say it's an annual tradition yep um so do you want to tell everybody how we spent our weekend
1: do i have to
0: okay i'll just do it <laughs> so this weekend was the uh into the heart film festival deep in the heart deep in the heart sorry oh man see you could you should have done it
1: <laughs> i know but just uh, like watching you struggle
0: the deep in the heart film festival and last year we went to the horror shorts fright night And then we did a speed round review of all those horror movies. And it times perfectly with us discussing Jordan Peele's latest um, horror movie that I know I've been really excited about.
1: I've been really excited about.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so we're excited about doing that. Um, uh, To be clear, we are going to be judging these movies based on the fact that we know that they are kind of lower budget indie short films. So obviously we're not judging them against, like, AAA features. No. And we, mean...
1: We should have worn our Deep in the Heart shirts.
0: Oh, we should have, but the festival's over now, so... But we could have still worn them.
1: It's not over. It's, it ends today.
0: It's over now. There's the awards brunch, and that's it.
1: Oh, oh, well, on the calendar, there's something else on it.
0: Yeah, it just says, Films are still available to watch online.
1: Mm, fun. Maybe um, maybe after this break, I'll just run outside and grab my shirt. Okay. <sighs> Just to give you fun.
0: But, yeah, we went to we went to the uh, uh, opening night on Thursday. It was really great. They had, you know, food and drinks and everything. And then uh, uh, Thursday, uh, sorry, Saturday, we had um, worked with the Brazos Theater and did some script readings for the script competition and yep. got to meet some of the screenwriters. And they had some of the folks that had come in from out of town. That well, was a really neat experience. But, yeah, definitely was looking forward to the most was, the horror, horror films. The horror shorts. Yep. And no draconian rules like last time where you couldn't bring any food or drinks into the movie theater.
1: Yeah, we ate we ate so much food.
0: Yeah, it, what's funny is last time they actually had tables still in front of you and everybody else brought food in except for us. us because we followed the rules.
1: Also, I know this is silly, but every time I say horror shorts, I always think of like some really scary shorts that I really want to buy now.
0: Like pants? Yeah. Pantaloons? Mm-hmm.
1: This sounds like so much fun. I have avocado pants and maybe I could buy some like scary shorts.
0: The last three times that we did the podcast and I was wearing my little shorts, everybody acted like they were horror shorts. That's true. So do you have the list of all the short films pulled up and does it have the name of the filmmakers? Uh, no, it does not have the name of the filmmakers. It's too bad because I'd really like to give a shout out to all the filmmakers uh, who made these, except for some of them probably wouldn't like us to do that if we didn't love their film. Yeah. Um, uh, nothing but love, by the way. Even if we don't uh, particularly didn't particularly. We still
1: encourage you to keep going and keep pushing through. Yeah,
0: absolutely, this wasn't our cup of tea. Necessarily. Yeah, it's
1: nothing. If 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 it's if it's just not oh, something we like, something else, someone else probably likes it. So,
0: so for those of you who uh, didn't tune in last time, this is a really quick segment. It'll be about 10 minutes, and we're going to be reviewing. Two people will be reviewing 10 movies. 10 movies, right? Is it?
1: I think it's like 12 or 13. All
0: right, whatever. We're going to be reviewing all the short films, two people, in about 10 minutes.
1: So are we going to go like, I'm going to name the film, and then we're both going to say our opinions on it, or are we going to go like, you go through a line, and I'm going to go through a line?
0: No, just you name the first film, you say your little blurb about it, why you're giving the rating you're giving it, and what star. About oh, you. Oh, actually, let's do this. Let's let's reverse. That's what we normally do. Give your star rating, and then say why, and then I'll do the same thing.
1: So it, it's like what I, the first one I said. It's going to be like, we're going to name the film. We're both going to give our rating, and then we're going to go to the next one. Yes. Okay, cool.
0: You didn't explain that very well.
1: Um, You're going to go first, actually, because I don't want to go first. Actually, I'll go first. Noel. Um, first
0: film was Noel. Uh, okay, I remember okay. that one. Yeah,
1: so Noel. Um, I think that, was, that was, was pretty neat. Really short.
0: I feel like we have to tell people what the movies are about really quickly. I'll do that. I'll just do the synopsis. How about that?
1: And then I'm just going to give us both of our opinions.
0: No, no, no. I'll do the synopsis, then you give your rating then you're like whatever reason. I'll say the same thing. Okay, cool. All right, so Noel, really short film about a, a woman whose son sees a ghost. It's like a classic ghost, like somebody put a blanket on with holes in it. And then when she goes in there, it turns out that the ghost was her real son, and the real son was a ghost all along. Like a, like an
1: actual ghost. Yeah. Um, so I really like Noelle. Um, after after that, they talk about like stillbirth and stuff. Oh yeah, there's a lot of
0: text at the very end.
1: Yeah, and like the text was like half the movie. Overall, it was pretty, I thought it was pretty neat, and Noel was a, what is it called, a a, a, a palindrome. Palindrome. So, it's it's Noel Leon. Yeah. So, that was like, you know, it's like a Spanish thing. So yeah, overall, I think I'd give it like a five. There was not a whole lot of there. It would just like it explained the rest of what they wanted to do five with, out of with the text. Yeah, five out of ten.
0: Uh, I would probably give it a five out of ten only because it was very technically proficient, but like there just wasn't a lot of there there. You know, there was yes. one twist. They see a ghost. It turns out that it was actually his twin brother that died. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, it felt like five minutes of text about stillbirths and how it makes women feel, which felt kind of gross also considering it was directed and written by a man. Yep. Anyway, moving on.
1: Um, Specter of Weeping Hill.
0: Specter of Weeping Hill. Hill. Uh, Specter of Weeping Hill uh, was a short film about a girl who had some kind of past trauma because she saw what she thought was the ghost of a Civil War soldier. So it looks like she's visiting the hill to find out more about it. Anyway, there you go. What and her sister rating? died. And her sister died.
1: And that's like she's trying more than that. Um, overall, I didn't. I honestly I did not care about it in any way. It I didn't. It didn't bring me any joy whatsoever i didn't understand why it was happening i don't i just didn't everything just i just felt confused the whole time so i'm going to give it like a 3 out of 10 it looked good this like this fog was nice i guess
0: um really but sorry the, to but say but the monster but was goofy didn't like the script for this one at all the they spent 5 minutes it felt like of their short film it wasn't really but it, having dialogue in a in the car um that wasn't very good um wasn't compelling at all didn't actually explain the movie in any way um the special effects work for the civil war ghoul thing the specter was fine
1: but his acting was so goofy
0: but yeah the way they had him acting was like a z- zombie yeah more. it seemed
1: like he had a walking stick which it was, but it was his sword
0: yeah anyway it just didn't make any sense it wasn't scary um it had this fake really corny um sentimental ending mm-hmm Uh, But I will say that I, he nailed the vibe, right? So great calling card movie. Good job for him. Everybody that worked on it should be very proud of themselves. But I would give that movie a three out of 10.
1: Okay. Uh, Cutter, you had to explain it.
0: Uh, Cutter is about a girl who's just coming back from the hospital, um, after very obviously having self harmed. Um, and so she's coming back to the hospital with her mom who's very frazzled and she starts being haunted what seems to be some kind of spirit that of, cuts like her, her best friend without her permission it's but her yeah well you don't have to spoil the whole thing these people can go watch these things but yeah they can yeah well i was gonna give the link and everything at the end
1: uh well they figure it out very quickly that it's her best friend yeah. um overall i think i give this a 10 out of 10. honestly it was just so well done everything about it the uh, or maybe maybe yeah i think i'm still gonna give it a 10 out of 10 even with some issues just because for like a short film and like it was just so well performed and it was really the monster was cool the idea acted like it was it was interesting and the body horror of like the cuts just was really gross and made me feel actively uncomfortable so um yeah i think i'm giving it a, a 10 out of 10 with the only issue i had was the mother who was not particularly great
0: yeah so i would give this movie a 9 out of 10 it was Very, very well shot. There's a couple of amateur things as far as like this uh, set design. Like, um, so even though a normal person's house or apartment might might not have that many decorations, whenever you're shooting a a film, you really need to make sure that everything is in the, er, there's something in the frame at all times. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if all you can see behind a character's head is a blank wall, even if on either side of that blank wall is pictures and you know what I mean? Paintings or whatever, as far as the audience is concerned, that entire wall is blank. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, And there's just a couple of things like that where it felt like they were shooting at an empty apartment. yeah, and that somebody had moved into. But the special effects were really good. only a few times did their you know, reach exceed their grasp. The performance from the young girl was absolutely fantastic. The mom's performance was a little bit more one note. I don't think she, she, she her character was supposed to be kind of a complex combination of likability but also she's very stressed stressed out Out, single mom she just wasn't able to capture that but overall absolutely fantastic these people if they keep going you know i think they have a a, an actual career ahead of them definitely at least on the on the film festival circuit so yeah nine out of ten for cutting
1: a little a little dead go ahead come on I have to I have to give the synopsis now because you don't know what it's about.
0: Yeah, I can. I always forget the name of this. The, all that this one's about. I don't
1: even. I don't know why. If explained it to you four times in a row. Just not memorable. Last night, in oh, a yeah, row. Oh yeah, I remember what this one
0: is. Okay, then do it. Yeah. Um. This is that one about the three ghosts. Yes. Yeah. So a girl goes to visit her grandfather. He's putting out a setting for of water for his dead wife. And then, wine sometimes. And sometimes wine, and then it turns out the housekeeper died. So now he's putting out stuff for her. And then that's pretty much it, Do you know what I mean? Essentially, that's the whole premise yeah, of the Yeah, you're not
1: supposed to touch the drinks.
0: Yeah, it doesn't... Uh, anyway, go ahead. What was your... Um,
1: I'd probably give that one like a... I, th- I really liked it. I think I'd give it like a 6 or 7 out of 10, just because I liked the idea. Um, it was pretty fun. I feel like the old man... I feel like his dialogue was kind of just flat. I know this is weird, but he said like little one like seven times, mm-hmm. and I don't know why that just bothered me. Um, Pretty, I think overall though, still pretty fun. I like the idea of it like putting out drinks for ghosts. Um, so yeah, six out of seven out of 10, i I'm like 6.5, I'll say.
0: I would give this one a three. Really, really didn't Jeez. like it. Found the story a little bit overly cutesy, didn't really make any sense. um it didn't really go anywhere. I didn't feel like it had a beginning, middle of end or end. Of end. It was very, very odd that they started off the story being about the daughter and then all of a sudden it was mostly the rest of the whole rest of the script was about the grandson did None of that made any sense. I just thought it was weak overall. didn't look particularly great. And then the big twist ending or whatever of seeing the ghost look like forced ghosts or whatever. But um, anyway, thumbs down. Didn't like that one.
1: Okay. To examine oneself.
0: To examine oneself was very clearly a, a film student had access to a, um, like the.
1: It was a documentary.
0: Yeah, it was a documentary. And they had access to like the, uh what they call it, the anatomical school the anatomical library or yep. whatever mm-hmm. like i think it was in spain or mexico anyway they had access to it and there's all these human body parts and jars and they probably said oh this would be a great setting for something but then they didn't write an effing script
1: hey excuse me that's a synopsis not uh, your opinion
0: okay, I'm just saying they didn't write an effing script, so they said, well, we'll just make a documentary. And so they just made a documentary, but they didn't have a point, really, or a point of view. Except for it's not as good. Anyway, yeah, yeah, sorry, you're right. I'm getting an opinion here. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So this was the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't what I wanted when I went to the Horror Shorts f- Festival competition thing. So um, I was just very annoyed. The only, I think, their point of view... Which is, it was a very consistent thing across like all the people who were ever talking, which was like, it's not as good as to perform on these fake old dead corpses as it is to work on a living thing.
0: I don't think that was it, but that is literally what
1: they said every single time. No, every I think single person, understanding pers- what they were saying. No, every single person said that in the.
0: They did not say that. Not a single person said that. They weren't, none of them were saying, oh, it's not as good. To be cutting open these things, to be could cut open real bodies? Yes,
1: that's exactly what they said.
0: Wrong. Okay. Whatever. Dude. Anyway, I. what is your rating system?
1: One out of ten. Okay. Would, that's the lowest I can go.
0: I'll give it a three because I thought it had, the cinematography was really great. Uh, But yes, they had no point of view for a documentary. They clearly, just because it had to do with dead bodies, submitted it to the horror shorts competition so they could win any awards. I'd be very surprised if they were winning awards in the documentary space. They just did not have any point of view i would say that the, the overwhelming thing they kept saying was essentially uh, uh one was you just start getting used to it because they're not real they're, you start just having to disassociate them with being people um, and then two there's a huge difference between doing operations on these dead cadavers and dissecting them and if there's a risk of somebody's life being set That's
1: basically out. the same that's as what not i said.
0: all the same, where you said they said it's not as good as if they're like, oh, I wish this was an alive, fresh body.
1: Well, that's what I guess. That s- makes
0: it seem like it's much more macabre and fun than it is. This is not fun. It was insanely boring, and it had absolutely nothing to say, in my opinion.
1: Okay, and you still gave it a
0: three. Um, Cinematography was great. Yeah, but
1: it wasn't a- wh- this is a short- And they
0: did find a good- co- and they did find a good uh, location. So. Yeah,
1: but I, I'm not gonna- they didn't oh, do right. anything. we had to speed all through right. these. Unveiled. This one I always forget what it is. Okay, I'll just give you a synopsis. A girl sees something in the shower, jump scare, the end.
0: That's it, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> um, I will give this movie uh, two stars only because it was well shot And the actress-
1: Two stars out of 10? Two stars out of 10. Okay.
0: Um, The actress seemed like she might be good, but literally it's just one jump scare. There's no plot, there's no nothing. And the initial fake out thing has nothing but a musical cue. It's literally, I, she, all of a sudden, the musical cue goes, and she gets scared of something in the shower, but nothing actually happens.
1: Yeah, I thought I missed something. I was just very confused.
0: Anyway, boo. Also, okay. Not so, a story.
1: So I'm moving it a 1 out of 10, because it effed over the ever over the other movie.
0: Yeah, it did, because it was so short. It didn't even have credits. It didn't have credits. So, so it, it made just, it to where we thought it was part of the
1: next movie. Yes, yeah, so it just kind of confused me very much. And, um, I mean, you're right. The jump scare was, I actually did get scared by the jump scare. And I don't know if the actress was good. I couldn't tell. You said
0: you're right. I didn't say I got scared by the jump scare. Oh,
1: well, you said something good about the movie. But I got scared by the jump scare, I think. But I'm just going to go to the next one. Okay. Uh, Golem. Give us a synopsis.
0: Uh, Golem. Yeah, this movie was very confusing, like Solomon said, because it was only confusing because we thought it was part of this jump scare thing at the beginning. But that was a t- totally separate thing. But, yeah, it takes place in World War II. Some Nazis are looking for a Jewish guy that's hiding. He reads from a magical Jewish book that raises a golem, which is, uh, if you know anything about um, Jewish culture history or if you've played any D&D, it's like a giant clay monster monster that does the bidding of its masters, and it uh, murders all the Nazis Um Love, 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 love the creature design. Me here. too. I loved it. Um, but because I thought it was part of the other movie, I was confused the entire time. And um, then it ends with a really weird thing of a woman watching like a claymation movie about a golem and I didn't understand how it fit together. But that's probably because I was still confused with another thing. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a seven because I thought it looked a really good. Gr- I thought it looked really great. And the monster effect was really great, and it's not the movie's fault that we were confused because of the programming. So Okay.
1: Well, I'm going to give it a six because like you said, I loved the monster design. It was so fun, so unique, and I just loved everything about it. Glowing eyes just gave me, I just loved that vibe. Um, and then it like went into the movie. I understood that. I just didn't understand why th- the girl who's running the projector had the book at all. There was no reason for it. That's not because of the previous movie or that F that screwed it over. So I was just like very, very confused.
0: All right, we're going to speed through these because we're already um, over time so, when you take a break. Thank you for nothing. Thank you for nothing. Which one was this? You, do the synopsis. <laughs> no, this is the the one that you despise. Oh yeah. So thank you for nothing was kind of like a I don't know. It's like riffing on French and Italian, like guyles him guy 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 <laughs> Gallo Gallo guyo Yeah. Sorry, I was saying it all night last night. I said it too many times. Um, yeah, it's riffing on that. It's a lot of lot of 1970s Italian horror influences. Uh, what's it called? The cinema de or something, oh, I'm getting it wrong. Don't, just don't. Whatever, the point is, it's a lot, it's riffing on really, really old um, experimental horror m- movies that um, I'm so annoyed that my film history is leaving my brain right now. Anyway, we don't have time to do this. The point is, it's kind of an experimental, very classic film school thesis project. Um, I absolutely despised every single thing about it, even though it probably was the most technically proficient and well done. Of all the films, it was nothing but wall-to-wall symbolism, and it was just so aggressive and pretentious and obnoxious that I could not stand it. So, from a technical standpoint, I'd give it an eight, eight stars, a, or eight out of ten, and from a enjoyment and what I would actually score it for myself would be a one.
1: Okay, um, I'd probably give it a four, just because um, I was just. Actively confused the whole time. I haven't seen any of those weird French movies. Italian. Italian Italian. You said French earlier.
0: Well, French and Italian.
1: Um, French Italian movies. So it just felt very odd and confusing. I had no idea what was happening, no concept of anything. It just I just really liked the way everything looked, like and like it was like going through magic holes and then doing weird things. I don't know. It was just it was interesting to watch, I guess, but it was just I was just very confused the whole time. Uh part forever
0: part forever uh, I'm blanking on what the Chinese one. Oh yes um the Chinese or Japanese
1: it didn't seem Japanese I know Japanese I know the way it looks okay um, maybe I'm wrong
0: so. I thought this movie was Asian. absolutely gorgeous and incredibly well shot it was actually scary it was creepy it was very disturbing there was some very disturbing imagery in there um I think that they kind of uh went out of their way to be a little bit too obtuse when they could have been a little bit more clear about what was going on but overall, I thought it was honestly one of the best films of the festival, or at the of the short film horror film docket. Um, so I'd give this that movie an eight. Well, okay. It uh, looked professional. It looked like it could be a scene from a triple A movie. You said an eight. Yeah, eight out of ten.
1: Um, I think I'd probably give it a seven. Once again, I just I felt. I didn't fully understand what was going on, but there was like a beginning, middle and end, and it did look really cool. There was some really interesting like technical things they did with uh, it started off being black and white and then ended up being in black and white. But like the whole middle part was like colorized and I don't know. I just I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'd give it like a seven. Okay. Uh, Feast.
0: Hated this movie. It's a one note joke. Didn't look particularly good. The whole joke is what if there's a guy. It was like Van Helsing. He's going to go kill vampires, but he just kills people dressed like them at a Halloween party. Wasn't remotely funny. Wasn't interesting. I didn't like it. Didn't like the performances. Predictable. Three. Generously giving it a three out of ten.
1: Yeah, I gave it a three as well. Just for all the same reasons. I don't really need to go through it. People in the audience were laughing. I left like the first couple jokes, but it was overall predictable and not very fun. Welcome, Megan.
0: Welcome, Megan was a really interesting satire of like you know driven s- driven successful women who like join really intense spin classes but what if a spin class was so intense that you actually had to murder somebody to get in i thought if they could have had a little bit more money to get a better location um so it felt like it was in a real gym i think that would have really pushed it over the edge so i'm going to give it a 7.5 but the script is really tight the premise is really funny all the performances were great so i wish i could give it a 9 but it just felt a little bit too cheap. I never believed that I was at a spin class or a gym.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I'll give it an eight. I think the spin class looked really good. I don't, the, the gym didn't look great. I can see what you mean. There was like two people in it and it was like, like a corner of a room, like in a garage. And they were
0: using like those little tiny colored weights you get at Walmart. Yeah.
1: Um, But beginning, middle of the end and um, just a lot of fun, a lot of fun and interesting idea. Apparently I'd like steel headbands. It's cool. Over Overkill.
0: Overkill is so the final movie of the night, uh, perfect movie to choose. It starts off as a Friday the 13th riff and it just keeps going and it turns from a normal Friday the 13th riff into a riff on, um, you know, the final girl confronting the villain, killing him. And then he kind of comes back alive and she's to kill him again. But what if he just kept doing that over and over again? So it's kind of a one joke movie, but the joke keeps escalating. It does have a beginning, middle and end. Um, I honestly initially was going to give this movie a, a nine, but I'm going to have to drop it down to a 7.5 because the more Oof. I think about it, the opening scene where it's riffing on the campers in the woods really doesn't go anywhere. Half of the cast that's very funny just disappears from the movie. We never see them get killed. We don't know what happens to them. They're just gone. And I think that's a huge weakness that this movie has. And combining that with another weakness, which is the movie is has a great, funny premise. It's really well shot. I really liked all of that stuff. But they keep giving her all these one-liners and they're just not very funny. They're so, it's honestly, some of them you can't even understand that they're supposed to be jokes. Yeah. Um, so I just think if they could have tightened up the script, somebody needed to do another pass over that script and then incorporated some of those other characters. Imagine how much more fun the movie would be if every time she was killing them, she accidentally was killing one of the other people that was helping her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they were dying one at a time instead of just having them walk off stage and then you don't ever see them again. Yeah. Anyway.
1: I have no need to give my review then because you basically said everything. Like, I just think... I think the one lighter should have been like more like like an action movie from like the 70s or 80s or whatever, 90s, where it's like something really funny and cool. Um, what's that one movie called that you wanted me to watch?
0: I don't know, but we're out of time, Sue. So. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. we'll just give the same review.
0: What score?
1: You said it's 7.5.
0: Uh, you said the same thing? As, uh, I literally
1: uh, said I'm going to do the same thing as you.
0: Okay. Well, we did pretty good. We did um, 12 two. Well, oh, my God. We did 24 movie reviews in uh, 16 minutes. So we need to take a break and hear from our sponsors, and then we will get right back to discussing... Nope.
1: 911, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, Do you mean... Could it be? The The Walter House. welcome back to the kid stays in the podcast and our and we're our, our starting discussion of nope
0: yes and for those of you who uh well like for those of you who listen to the first part and skip to this part but uh for for those of you who are wondering um the short films that we just now were talking about that we reviewed from the uh horror shorts for deep in the heart you can uh watch those now online at deep
1: you know that you know the link
0: I just gave it to them. I didn't, in the heart, I didn't know you knew it. Yeah, I did. Um, so yeah, check them out. And then you can see if you agree with our reviews. Feel free to drop something in the comments. Let us know where you disagreed. That'd be fantastic. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. But yes, now let's dive right into, oh, can't dive anymore. Let's tiptoe in. Let's wade in. Let's do whatever we need to do. Why does it always have to involve water? I don't know. It's just what people do. I, what else is it going to involve? Quicksand? Maybe. All right. Let's zoom right into our discussion of NOPE. So... As most of you know, this is Jordan Peele's third film. He did the critically acclaimed, um, and financial box office, uh, success movie, get, get out, get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he followed that up with, um, this is, or not, this is us. That's the name of the show, uh, with us, uh, which also is critically acclaimed. Also did Kingbusters, the box office and now his third movie, Nope. Um, working with a little bit different cast, I think, um, than his last movie. Um, and kind of changing the genres up. So, have you seen? Have you seen any of Jordan Peele's other movies? Nope, none.
1: Nope. Ha ha ha! <laughs> I'm gonna make that joke. Too bad so so you don't much. really
0: understand what his style is. I get it. So, this is us, and um, or stop saying this is us. Get out! And I'm still talking really fast, like we're doing the speed reviews. So yes, yeah, so just so slow, just it slow down.
1: down. Take a deep breath.
0: Um. Okay, Zen. So Get Out and Us both had had a very, let's say social commentary is kind of baked into the entire premise of both of those movies, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, I think that part of that is one of the reasons why not only is he an incredibly talented and entertaining filmmaker, but he was able to really merge social commentary into his movies. Uh, And then I feel like there's been some backlash uh, especially when I've been going through reviews uh, on Nope, because the, the social and race commentary, I would say is um, more subtle and isn't necessarily baked directly into its premise like it was in the other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that it allowed the movie to breathe a lot more, but just by comparison, I think get out has like a 97 or something, 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. Us has a 93 and, oh, wow. and Nope has a 82. So very good still. Yeah, very s- strong slate of movies. But you can see that as far as critics were concerned, uh, kind of a dip there. Um, I'm kind of I, I'm kind of at loss on where to start with this movie because um, the beginning. I guess a plot synopsis will be fine, um, and then yeah, let's just. I think we should just hit the ground running here. I don't think uh, the movie to me overall is fun that's one of the things I really want to emphasize how fun this movie is to watch. It's fun in a way when it's being scary. It's fun when it's being a thriller. It's fun when it's being an action movie. Just overall, I was having a great time at the movie theater. So I don't want to bog this discussion down by trying to overanalyze um, certain symbolism or whatever, but I do want to get into some of the things. So again, full spoiler podcast. I know it's been over a year, so we shouldn't have to keep saying that, but I just want to make sure that nobody feels betrayed. So anyway, Solomon, we haven't done this in a while. I feel like, of your patented brilliant plot synopses
1: this is gonna be so difficult why is it not difficult for you
0: no i think i could do it pretty easily
1: mm. Mm. Do, 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 do,
0: do, do, do. there
1: are some aliens
0: whoa crazy well that isn't the plot synopsis you just skipped to the very end of the movie
1: that's in the trailer
0: there are some aliens you don't know that from the trailer? Yes. No, you don't. Okay, fine. There's a UFO. Unidentified. Unidentified. Yes, but whenever we see flying object.
1: When you see a UFO, you think aliens.
0: Not me. I think military experiments.
1: I'm gonna punch you in the face. There's a UFO. And it's freaking these people out. And we gotta solve the mystery. They're trying to get they're trying to get the money shot because apparently they can make a lot of money from getting Photos of UFOs.
0: I would stop Oprah shot. It's not what I would do. I would say
1: I'm w- trying to get the money. Oh my God. <laughs> what?
0: I would say it's about a family of horse ranchers that, um, and they start experiencing terrifying phenomenon that they believe is caused by a UFO and they start trying to uncover the mystery.
1: That's basically what I said.
0: No, you didn't even say they're ranchers or anything. They don't need to know that. It's a huge part of the movie.
1: It actually is, fairly big. So medium, medium sized.
0: Uh, yeah. Where do you want to start with the uh, with the dis- with the actual going into discussion? Do you think we should just go chronologically? I don't want to just talk about moment for moment what happens in the movie. Um, but I think it's important to know that. So uh, we're we're reunited with uh, with.
1: He doesn't know his name, so he's going on his phone.
0: No, that's not what I was gonna say. Uh, we're reuniting. Um, oh my god, Jordan Peele with, <laughs> with uh, some of his original cast members from from Get Out, and I can't, I honestly can't pronounce uh, his name. Why not? Well, I I just feel like I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. Well, you have to do a, Daniel dude. Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Hope that's how you pronounce it. Sorry, Daniel. We'll just call him Daniel from now on. Dan. Um, and he plays like, he's like the, um, son of this rancher who's built this ranch where they train horses for movies and commercials and stuff like show horses mm-hmm. and he's like his young, um, I'm trying to think of the word. He's a very old school, like Western character. You know, he doesn't talk very much. He doesn't have any showmanship. He prefers just to work with the horses. You can tell he's not really comfortable around people. Yep. And at the very beginning, a, a crazy tragedy that we don't really understand. Uh, when the movie starts where mysterious objects start falling from the sky one of them kills his father so he takes over the ranch and that's kind of the inciting incident you know where the yeah. movie starts mm-hmm. so Kiki Palmer plays his um his younger sister who comes to stay with them to kind of help take over to help not take over but help him through the ranches and it's kind of a classic classic western setup you know what I mean the ranch is in dire straits they're having to sell horses horses to pay the bills. There's a rich guy who wants to buy the whole ranch, but he wants to hold on to it because their family's legacy. You know what I mean? There's a lot of Western tropes going in here. Yeah. But Jordan Peele has this incredible ability to take all of these things that are um, kind of cliches or the things that you you expect to see and just add these weird little layers to them, these weird little twists, you know? Yeah. Do um, you going to say something I've, to that? Said, yeah? I'm
1: sure. I'm sure. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure I'm
1: sure I'm sure you're correct
0: I said do you know what I mean yes I'm sure you're correct (laughs) yes what would be what would be some examples of that Solomon since you agree with me so firmly so
1: you said you said he knows a way to to add little twists and turns to classic tropes and ideas Uh uh-huh yeah
0: (laughs) uh some examples you said yeah, because I'm about to go, I'm about to <laughs> strangle you again with your mic- microphone cord. You need to stop being so aggressive. You said you were going to punch me in the face.
1: Um. Yes, because you said something annoying and I don't remember what it was.
0: Well, everything that you say is annoying. <laughs> All right. So, some examples. <laughs> oh,
1: now you want some examples after you've yelled at me and... Come on, so on I want so some you-
0: examples. You said you totally agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: okay, sorry. Um. So... There's this this guy with a weird, a really weird backstory. Um, what guy? The the rich guy. He's a weird backstory that I wouldn't, I think, is a twist and turn that no one would expect in a movie about UFOs. There's a crazy monkey on a sitcom show. It's an ape. Uh, <laughs> it's a crazy, it's a crazy ape on on the sitcom, and basically they have a sitcom about like about this ape. What's his name? Like. What is his name?
0: I don't remember. Freddie
1: Gro Gro Grover Grody. It,
0: that's the name of the sitcom. Grotus. Is it Grover?
1: No, it's not Grover.
0: Something like Gordy.
1: Gordy. So yeah, basically, it's like a sitcom with a family around. It's a it's a, with a, a, with an ape. But it's very. It seems like a very classic, like old school, st- dumb sitcom. Like, just like, like on the Disney Channel. Let's
0: pause before you get into the sitcom thing because I was actually gonna start a little bit before that. So already before you have- You
1: asked for an example. I
0: know, but you moved too far into the movie. Well,
1: how was I to know where you wanted to put I my example? I wanted to example? make sure that
0: you even knew what you were talking about since you were just you're just saying, yep, yep, yep. yep. Over well, and over. Now, no one's, now
1: everyone's gonna be confused.
0: They won't be confused. So one of the things that I thought, so already you have like, I said like the, there's like a wealthy person's trying to buy the ranch. Normally that would be another rancher, you know what I mean? Sure. A wealthy landowner. This is very odd because this character, a it's an it's an uh, Asian American cowboy that's kind of unique, you know, and I th- think it's fantastic that Jordan Peele's been able to take westerns, which have typically pushed um, everybody out of the spotlight, other than you know straight white guys, and has built a western around a very eclectic and diverse racial caste, cast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a it's a, it's a like he's a, is an Asian cowboy, but he's not really a cowboy, you know what I mean? Like he apparently got famous from some movies, movie called like Kid Sheriff. Mm-hmm. And and so now he has like a weird theme park in the middle of, you know what I mean? Like that, that little twist alone, you know what I mean? He's not like an oil baron or, you know, a evil cattle rancher, yeah. you know? He's not really evil at all. Yeah, he's just some like he weird,
1: just, nice kind of, he seems nice, yeah, nice dude. And he's who...
0: just like, has like a weird, Western themed town In the middle of the, de- of the desert
1: Yeah it's like um, Like if you go to like A theme park Or like Disney World And you know how The beginning of Disney World Is like that big Town What is it called
0: Main Street USA Yeah
1: Main Street USA It's like that but Western Yeah And that's literally Like the whole idea
0: yeah, so, and then they do go, and then, like, once they start talking to him, you find out some of his backstory, and that, even that's another twist. You just are constantly, like, what is going on in this movie? So, anyway, yeah. so the backstory for him, Solomon, you go ahead with it. Thank
1: that's you. Great. So, basically, they have a sitcom.
0: Yeah, he used to be a sitcom star, like a child star. Uh,
1: yeah, he was very young. You could tell. He's definitely older now. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> what deep insights. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, but, yeah, basically, we see Gordy... He just murders everyone on set and except for the kid, like his, his, his dad, his mom, his sister, everyone dies cause a balloon pops, the balloon pops and it like snaps the, the ape's brain and he just starts going murderous sprees.
0: Yeah. And uh, there's something really odd when you're watching this scene, your eye keeps being drawn to, which is a shoe that's constantly standing upright. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think I saw the mystery of the shoe on my own. Just now. No, don't know. The other day, I was going to tell you, but you were already asleep. Okay. I was very excited about it. I'm pretty sure I solved it.
1: Okay. Well, there's just a random shoe that's like. That's one drop of blood
0: on it. And it's like, it's like literally like, like sitting in an impossible angle. Yeah. Pointing straight up.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. And like, it's like, it's not quite straight up though. It's like on, it's like, it's like kind of tilted. Is it? Yeah. It's not, it's no, not like this. It's because that's possible to do.
0: No, it's not. I,
1: I'll do it right now.
0: Do it right now. Just so you know, he's going to take his shoe off. He's gonna not be able to do it. He won't be able to do it at all. It's gonna be not happening. Well, he's not able to do it. Just so you know, guys, it's not gonna work. And and it can't happen. Anyway, all right, he's cheating and putting a water bottle in front of it. And even that's not working. All right, so that was a fun experiment that nobody, unless you're watching this, uh, didn't get to enjoy.
1: I'm just gonna go back and watch the uh, movie.
0: So it's impossible. It's definitely sitting at an angle that's completely possible, and that by that angle I mean it's straight up and down, and it's it's like a like a Ked shoe. It's not like a tennis shoe that might have like a big heel. It's a shoe that's rounded in the front, on the top, and rounded on the bottom. Anyway, so that's a crazy. That is that's like a crazy backstory. You know what I mean? It's a crazy twist on somebody having a tragic what's, backstory. Well,
1: yes, but what is this? What's the, what's the
0: we need to get through the movie first, and we'll come back to the, some of the symbolism things. Oh, but I want to know what the mystery is. Oh, uh, it's not going to be like, exciting to you. No. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, so he's been buying the horses from um uh, from the ranch to kind of help them pay their bills, and he keeps acting like he's going to sell them back, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, do you remember what Daniel's character's name is? Mm-mm. You don't remember anybody's character name? No, I
1: remember Kiki's. Remember it's Kiki that's Emerald.
0: Yeah, it's emerald, and it's OJ it should be pretty. Oh yeah, pretty easy like remember.
1: orange juice. Okay.
0: Yeah, and like OJ Simpson. Yeah, I know. They make. I know. Um, so, so yeah, OJ's been selling the uh, selling the horses to them. Well, all of a sudden, they they start doing this motif throughout the movie where it'll be the name of a horse, and then it will show you when the horse gets taken.
1: Yeah, like so. that happens with the first two horses.
0: And you realize, it's it's very clever. Because you think that right now we just think they're getting taken, right? Mm-hmm. You know it's happening, but then about halfway through, when it shows Gordy the the monkey's story, when it actually shows what happened on the set. Like they told us the whole thing, just so you know. Early in the movie, they told you the whole thing about how he went on a rampage and killed people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and the kid actually he's an adult now. Um,
1: yes, I already made that very clear in my previous thing.
0: I know, but I don't want to say the kid and keep calling him the kid and then be, be make it confusing. Um, but he's played by Stephen Yeon, from uh, mostly known from not Walking the kid. Game. Nope. The guy. Yeah, and the adult version. Dude, of you were making this so confusing, really. <laughs> so there's if for those of you who can't see, Solomon's microphone stand is so close to me, so every time he says something that irritates me, I just wanna bang it so his microphone slaps him directly into the teeth. But apparently that's like considered <laughs> child abuse, so I can't do it. Um anyway, so Stephen Young's character, uh, whenever See, this is, this is so irritating because I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating you saying something annoying every time I say whenever he was a kid. So he has all this memorabilia from that show, because it's a huge hit, and he keeps it in like a secret room and people, he said, pay like $50,000 to come do a little tour of it. Right? Mm-hmm, yep. And he has the shoe in there with the blood spot on it. He has all the, all the monkey's costumes, oh, monkey, I said it, Ape, the chimpanzee. And anyway, so he walks us all through it, but at, at some point, it's like it says, What's the first horse that died? Do you remember? It's like that it wasn't lucky, was it Ghost?
1: No, it's the second one.
0: Okay, whatever. Let's say it's a horsey poo. Okay, so it, like a big title thing will be like horsey poo, and, and then it'll show that horse what happens that night that it gets sw- sucked up into the sky, and then it'll do another horse. Well, once you get to Gordy.
1: Is like halfway through
0: It's about halfway through and it shows what happened to him you realize that this is when the animals died yeah right because gordy after he killed all those people in the set uh he gets uh shot in the head shot in the head and the only one that uh survived um was the little kid and mm-hmm. he survived um the monkey like was killing everybody and then it walked up to him and they used to do this like fist bump they said it was that they made up that it was the first like exploding fist thing Mm, yeah um and the monkey puts his blood-soaked hand and like right when he's fixing to fist bump him he gets shot in the head so
1: yeah exploding it's a fist bump and his head explodes yeah
0: i mean that i think that was the joke they were going for didn't realize that um but uh and that character's name is um i think his name is ricky but he goes by jupe they call him jupe the whole time so um That's kind of a, that's kind of an important thing to remember is that Jupe survived this encounter with a wild animal that was going crazy when nobody else did, you know what I mean? He stayed calm. So I'm trying to think if I, if we want to go to do the shoe thing now, because, okay, well, we need to take a break. So let's, let's do this. One of the things that's very interesting is whenever he, they're asking him, K- uh, Kiki Palmer's character, Emerald, Emerald, she was asking him to tell, she was like, oh man, the is like crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's telling the story, but he, she asked for details, like what happened. And the way he tells the story was by telling her about the Saturday Night Live sketch about what happened. Yeah. And it's very weird. A, he's using the name of Real Saturday Night Live, people right so Mm -hmm. in the universe of this movie this event really happened right and Saturday Night Live exists with all the same people that we know and it's so obvious that he can't actually process what happened the only way he can process it is through the fake version of it that's on SNL yeah you know what I mean because we
1: like we see him like flashback to like him having PTSD and then he tells a skit story
0: right but we flash back but not like he's remembering it it's just their movie is showing it to us.
1: Oh really? Yeah, definitely. Okay.
0: Um so anyway, he's just not able to process that. And so because of that, he's taken away and we learn later on in the movie, ends up being kind of his downfall. What he took away from that was that he has this magical connection with predators and with with animals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To where no matter what he they won't harm him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um But anyway, let's dive let's dive back into that when we get <clears throat> back. So Stop saying dive I'm die, I'm death diving Everyone talks about diving <clears> I'm <not> going to <throat> say it Anyway We are over time Yet again So quick break And we'll be right back With our discussion Of Nope Hi this is Sarah And I'm Carter And this Is some of our thoughts We're two southern sommeliers And we want to share Everything we love And know about wine We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. So, check us out on Rugmedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> Welcome back to the Kids Days in the Podcast and the fin- final conclusion of our discussion of Nope. Um, I honestly could talk about this movie for a really long time, but we haven't even really gotten to the meat and potatoes of it. So, around halfway through the movie, it's suggested that maybe this UFO thing that they're seeing stalking, it's very clear it's a UFO at this point. And this is where some audiences and critics think the movie goes off the rails and becomes too silly or too whatever. A, it's already about a UFO that looks like it's straight out of a 1940s movie. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, And the movie, it's kind of like a, I keep saying this, but it kind of is like an M. Night Shyamalan movie in the sense that it takes a really silly premise, whether it's like a classic ghost story or crop circles, and it just takes that premise seriously, not that there's not some tongue in cheek humor, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But for the most part, you know what I mean? They're taking this premise of it seriously. Yeah. So what if a 1940s style looking UFO and the big twist that key, um, that peel comes up with embarrassing, um, um, is that what if it's not a ship at all? Like what if it's alive? So From the second they make that thing. I've never heard anybody say that in my entire life about a UFO. So maybe there's a bunch of Reddits about that, how that's true. So as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, that's going to be the twist then, right? Because that's a random thing to say.
1: Yeah. It's true.
0: Well, like, what did you think? Do you think he was just like spitballing? You weren't thinking that was going to be the case?
1: No, I did. I was like, oh, for sure he's alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it turns out this thing is like this big UFO-shaped... Monster, alien? Uh, yeah, aliens? it's, it's going to say like Space Manta Ray or something. Yeah. And it comes down and hoovers... <laughs> people up through into its mouth and um, that's what the thing that you normally see of uh, people getting sucked up. It's yeah. really this big monster.
1: It's like the, the little, what is it called? Is this thing. The the rays.
0: I don't know what you're doing. Oh, the like the tractor beam? Yeah, it's
1: like the tractor beam is like a tornado, basically.
0: But it's just his mouth sucking them up like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah,
1: very interesting, very interesting.
0: Uh, so, let's get back to... Um, to jupe's character really quickly, because I think that um, understanding where he was coming from kind of helps understand the, one of the big tragedies of what, hap- what happens in the movie. So it turns out that he's buying all these horses because he's been feeding them to this thing Yes, because he thinks that he's becoming friends with it and he's taming it yep. and he wants to incorporate it into his little Western village show amusement park into their wild west show where he can basically use a horse to lure this, alien thing out of the sky and have it eat it right in front of everybody. Right? Like he's trying to do like a sea world. This is going to be Shamu. Yep. And he's going to be the, the ringleader. Um, what he doesn't realize that they it's kind of a recurring thing throughout the movie is that wild animals, you can't look them in the eye when they're agitated. You know what I mean? Yes. And especially predators, you don't want to look them in the eye at all because it shows them that you might be a danger to them threat to them yes <laughs> you just keep saying yes do you have it's something that, to add not, You're no. like making a confused face and then just saying yes because i'm just
1: thinking okay and i'm processing what you're saying and well, this is a yes.
0: conversation so you can say more well, you're yes.
1: telling just keep going why because i have nothing to say about what you're saying
0: okay well you're making like really weird faces That's because i was
1: processing what you're saying oh god i don't want to just say yes 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 i want to say yes <laughs>
0: you're looking like is that true that (laughs) seems untrue anyway so it's it becomes very clear that one of the the reason that the um i say say very clear when you think about it you see the reason the ape didn't attack him was because he was hiding underneath the table and there's a tablecloth that was cutting their eye line so the ape was still mad it was still like kind of in a frenzy but um when it saw him it could only see his legs and whatever and then he put his hand under the fist bump, but he couldn't make eye contact with him. Right. So it couldn't oh make him full of rage again. Okay. So part of the wrong way in which he took this was to believe, like I said, that he's some kind of animal whisperer. Maybe there's some kind of secret force protecting him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of it, but just a really quick thing with the shoe. And, boy, was I proud of myself for cracking this case.
1: How do you know you cracked it?
0: I can almost guarantee you. there's a bunch of theories. Like, Solomon's theory was, like, maybe it meant the alien was there and the alien had something to do with it and that alien popped all the balloons. But to me, that doesn't make any sense. Having an alien be there just to pop balloons. Plus, the alien has no abilities that we know about except for making electricity turn off and that electricity was all on. So the alien being there makes no sense. That's true. Then a lot of people on Reddit were saying, like, oh, well, they talk about – a bad miracle like what do you call a bad what's the word for a bad miracle and um so they're saying maybe that was just a bad miracle that happened you know what i mean like maybe at the site at, at the a site of um you know tragedies or whatever there'll always be some bad miracle you know what i mean that like an omen that's, that's pure fan theory not right only my answer is right i've decided
1: is it the one, the, the, didn't other people say that it was like what he was focusing on the whole time?
0: Um, Kind of. Kind of?
1: Yeah, people said that it was like, that was like his, what his that, that that's, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. That's just what he's focusing on. Like that's what his eyes were focusing on. That's how he survived the monkey attack or the ape attack.
0: Um, That's kind of silly.
1: That's just what the, the, I mean, one of the writers said. I
0: mean, it's just silly like that's why he survived the ape attack. But yes, no, I 100% believe it is what he was focused on but that doesn't explain anything about why it's him. magic. Yeah, exactly. And you know why? Why? Because he can't process any of this stuff normally, right? Cause he can't really probably remember it because of PTSD. So how does he see the shoe? Think about it. Just answer, answer the question. How does he see the shoe as somebody who can't really remember what happened all the way? You know what I mean? He's has all this trauma. And he has has to look at it through Saturday Night Live through whatever. So how does he see the shoe now? Fakely. It's not helpful. Nope. Fakely. He sees, Someone dig a, see, bit, dig, it, dig a little bit. Dig a little deeper here.
1: I'm thinking like he sees it, and not Why how it would was. Why would the
0: shoe be in the position that it's in?
1: I, I don't know. I didn't crack not, this case. I want you to think about it for half a second.
0: If you thought about this for half a second, you'd be able to figure this out. I'm
1: thinking it's just like it's. I think you're thinking it's not never, real.
0: No, that doesn't make any sense. No, I'm not
1: saying the shoe's not real. I'm just saying that what's that? That that isn't happening.
0: How does he see the shoe every day now?
1: Oh, and it's oh. I see what you mean. It's in a display, it's in case. A display case. Exactly like that. Exactly like that. Yeah, completely
0: vertically. Mm-hmm. So that's how he processes all this stuff is through memorabilia about it and his little perfectly curated room. So i wonder what else sense. there is we
1: should go back look at all the things all the memorabilia and see if it's like shifted to the way it looks in the room
0: it's possible yeah
1: you should check we should but what do you think again.
0: what do you think about that theory
1: it's a pretty good theory I'd i don't
0: even, i don't even consider it theory now i consider it fact i feel like if we can get jordan peele on this podcast he'll confirm that right shoe here. is exactly how it's presented on his wall and that's what makes sense to me okay that's that's the only way that he sees it
1: it's a good theory it's a good theory
0: that uh, theory, anyway. So, um, movie starts. Like Solomon had said earlier, they are um, they are now trying to get a professional film crew together um, to capture this alien because they've decided if this alien's going to be effing up their life, then what they want to do is they want to get definitive footage of it and become millionaires.
1: Yeah, they want the Oprah shot.
0: Yeah, so they keep calling it the Oprah shot. That, that's not a real thing, so.
1: They want it. <laughs>
0: I know, but you should explain that if you're going to say it. But, is the um, overshot
1: not real? Does people not know what the overshot the is? No one's ever
0: heard. That's not a thing. No, it's not a common thing. They just literally made it up for the movie. Oh. Um, but yeah, so this is when they bring in um, Michael Wincott and uh, Brandon Peria into the show as the technician and then the cinematographer yes. they start working with. So
1: they don't get a camera crew until like towards the end of the movie. At first, they're just like trying to get... Um, Like security cameras. So, yeah, that's why they have a technician.
0: Yeah, and he installs those all across their property. Um, But what would you think about the tone of this movie? I think at this point in the movie, the tone is very much fully shifted into something else than what people probably thought this movie was going to be if they only watched This Is Us or they only watched Get Out.
1: I felt like it was like, I don't, it wasn't like a comedy, but it was funny. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's like a comedy horror movie. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say it's a horror movie. I wouldn't at say all. it's a horror movie either. I think it'd be like a sci-fi, a suspenseful sci-fi movie. Yeah. Um. And there were some pretty funny jokes. I feel like, like, they they did what I something I love, which is the name of the movie. And uh, they just, the name of the movie was just nailed throughout the whole thing. You know what I mean? It just constantly, but then like, nope and the characters actually say nope within the movie so like some kids go and prank them with alien costumes on and he's looking at them and he's like no no nope nope and he walks runs away and that's like exactly what i would do so i just love that um it felt like a lot more grounded for like of like it felt so real for what crazy things are happening just by having characters do something that i would do
0: Well, I think that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I, but I think that I would say that it definitely turns into more of a sci-fi adventure movie at this point. You know what I mean? It's, it's, they have plans you know what I mean? They come with the whole thing, how they're going to lure it around.
1: Well, I didn't know we were already at this. Okay. So we, we have the camera crew now.
0: I mean, I asked you what you thought, how the tone of the movie shifted once we get into that part of the movie. So,
1: uh, I'm sorry.
0: Don't apologize. Just be better okay (laughs) you're acting so weird today i think it's because solomon stayed up until eight o'clock in the morning against um his parents wishes
1: uh it wasn't not against your wishes
0: i said you need to go to bed and then i went to bed and you stayed up until eight in the morning you were
1: like you should go to bed too uh
0: anyway yeah i think the movie the tone shifts at that point into more of an pure sci-fi adventure movie where they have a plan, you know what I mean? And I, I like the, the, they draw the motif between, or the, um, parallel between him being a, somebody who breaks horses for a living, you know what I mean? And breaks their, as he says, their spirit and then trains them yep. into performing. And that's what he's going to try and do to this alien thing. Um, and they, he comes they come with this whole thing. So huge tone shift there. So I, for a while, it's just really fun. You know what I mean? And then it gets to the reveal of um, Ricky, you know, Jupe's big Western show that he's doing a, what would you call it, a soft opening yeah. test run of. Mm-hmm. So he buys one of the horses from the ranch and he gets a bunch of people. They're in a big, you know, kind of a chintzy Wild West version of, you know, like a rodeo arena or whatever. And he tells them he's going to get the alien to come down and blah, blah, blah. Well, at this point, we know that the alien is a
1: eating monster,
0: a, yeah, a monster that eats things, a hungry,
1: hungry, hippo monster.
0: Yeah, and um, the well, the girl actually the one of the girls from the sitcom that was mauled by the chimpanzee. Yep, uh, she's there, and she looks like somebody who was mauled by a chimpanzee. Like she survived apparently, but yeah. her face is like all eaten off.
1: So what's funny is that you see her in the trailer, and it actually makes what you think the movie is about way more confusing. Like I thought this movie was going to be like zombies and aliens and it was going to be crazy, but no, it's just that lady who got mauled in the face.
0: Yeah. I thought it was going to be like invasion of the body snatchers, right? Where some of the people were just, were also aliens. Yes. And she was like kind of morphing into one, Mm -hmm. but nope. Uh, her face just got ate off. But yeah, so she's there. And then the alien comes and, um, you know, we kind of talked about this earlier. We we've been all over the place with this movie, unfortunately, but, um, one of the big things about was about looking them in the eye. So they yes, realized if, like, if you don't look up at this, if you don't look at the thing, you know what I mean? He might lose interest in you.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, that it's been made like very clear, like towards the beginning we see uh, one of the people, like they put the mirror in the eyes of the horse and the, the horse like freaks out.
0: Yeah, he, th- he sees his own self. Looking yeah, at himself. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so everybody's looking at the alien. You know what I mean? So yeah. through his hubris, and his inability to have processed all these things and processing them the wrong way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, he has everybody doing the exact wrong thing, which is staring directly directly at this predator as it rushes down. So it ignores the horse completely and sucks up all the people. And at this point, the movie you, they, there's a really nice pivot from, Oh, it's just a fun sci-fi adventure movie where they're just these people at a ranch fighting off this UFO thing, this alien, into how horrific it would be. And you watch them being, like, sucked up and going through its, like, windpipe and up into its, like, through its throat. And you hear them screaming and screaming for literally hours and hours
1: yeah and like the screams you can hear them like because it moves around and f- like I don't, I don't fully understand how it works like, i don't know if you can like hear this sc- like they're still alive and they're screaming or if it's like if the if the ufo's echoing them out but like whenever he or the it moves around you can hear the screams like yeah. around other places and it's just very off-putting
0: oh yeah and one of the scariest little scenes in the movie was so they actually use a um big metal horse statue to trick the alien into eating that and it does so when they're sucking all those people up the girl with the mauled face is getting all digested or whatever and as she's getting moved up through its uh its throat or whatever she runs into that horse thing that's lodged in there yeah do you remember that mm-hmm. it was like really startling um anyway look there's so much more we could talk about I could have done a two-part podcast about this I had so much fun with this movie but we're at 15 minutes now. Let's take a really quick break. We'll come back with a quick five minute uh, wrap up with our reviews. Sound good?
1: I'm not sure. Sounds good to me. All right. Welcome to One Star Rewind. And welcome back to our last couple of minutes of our discussion of Nope.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think it made it very clear how I feel about the movie. Uh, do you want to give us your, a quick wrap up of your thoughts? Any, any stray thoughts, feelings, then, you know, go ahead and give us your score. I
1: feel like I've, I've already said all of, all of my feelings and and opinions and thoughts, pretty big thoughts. I had, um,
0: pretty small thoughts actually, but okay.
1: Um, Overall, I think I I really enjoyed the movie. I I think I would go back and watch um, some more of the the other two Jordan Peele movies because this was just such a good experience. And um, if this is like consistent in his style, I think I would really enjoy his previous movies. Um, So, yeah, I think I'm going to give this movie probably like an 8.5, 9 out of 10.
0: You had to pick one. You can't just say you'd give it this or this.
1: An 8.75 out of 10. Okay. Big, magical UFO monsters. Mm. (laughs) Too long. I like it long. It's like back to the old ones.
0: Well, uh, look, all I want to say is that I understand that people who are used to Jordan Peele stuff being – I don't even think that this movie – I don't think it's fair to say this when does not have any social commentary. It's just that it's not as overt and on the nose and people can't walk out of the theater necessarily feeling so smart and smug and patting themselves on the back like, you know, some people do when they watched Get Out. I know a lot of white people in my sphere that walked out being like, oh, I got all the messages and at least I'm not like those kind of white liberals. (laughs) And it was like, oh, are you not? You're starting to sound like one. Um, But anyway, I get it, but... For me, there's a line that, that is in this movie, uh, it's uh, it's from Cassavetes, but um, Cassavetes, um where he says, I do two for them and one for me, right? Which means that you would make two movies for the studio, that way that the studio will pay for you to make the one movie that you really want to make. Yes. It's a common thing from, you know, old Hollywood. And there's a line where the cinematographer says that. And it's really funny because, well, I don't at all think that the first two movies that Jordan Peele made were for the studio, quote unquote. Those movies obviously meant something to him and he cared deeply about them. But I think there's a little bit of, but this is the kind of movie that I would just prefer to be making. You know what I mean? Yes. A fun, taking old sci-fi stories from my childhood and just making them through my voice, you know what I mean, adding my spin on them. Um, and you know, if if a big shape-shifting alien UFO seems silly to you, then you're probably not gonna like the movie. You know, if it se- if that seems like not something you want to see, you probably don't. Yeah, that's what this movie is about.
1: This this that's- movie is just so fun and just so like such a unique idea, and just such a just everything about it was just so much fun and fulfilled my heart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, like the weird ways that he would take backstories, the weird way that he would manipulate tropes and, it, and it's weird without feeling confusing or mm-hmm. pretentious, you know, it just makes you feel a little bit off kilter cause you're not really sure what to expect. Like and anything can happen. And that's fun. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, cause we already spoiled everything. Um, the way that they all of a sudden have the alien transform into this weird billowy, thing when it's in aggro mode i thought that was really cool really unexpected the
1: the the design of that its final form was just absolutely gorgeous like i was mesmerized just purely by its beauty it was it was so it was it was so cool looking too it looked like a like a like a Pokemon almost, like a, like a, like a legendary Pokemon.
0: I was going to say it looked like something from like an anime.
1: Yeah, it was very cool looking and it was very well done. It looked, it really did look very real and very cool.
0: Yeah. So while I was a huge fan of This Is, uh, oh my God, This Is Us. While I was a huge fan of Get Out, uh, I actually didn't like Us very much because it was so focused on commentary that it didn't feel like it figured out what its script was about. So it didn't go anywhere. Like at the end of the movie, they didn't have an explanation for what was happening, even remotely. And it wasn't like one of those situations where you can say, oh, they left it ambiguous. It's up for you to interpret. No, he didn't know what it was. And then the movie got made before he figured it out. How do you know he didn't know? Well, if he did, then terrible artistic choice to not explain it to us in any way, in my opinion. But I really feel like he did not have that figured out.
1: It got a 93, so...
0: And you'll see why it has like a lot of the, the themes and it's very well done throughout. So if that last bit of ending didn't bother you enough to ruin the movie for you, then you're still going to give it a good review. But for me, it ruined the movie. Wow. Not having an ending pretty bad. (laughs) Um, so I love this movie. I love schlocky sci-fi. I love sci-fi that takes a schlocky premise and takes it really seriously. Um, I think that it's probably one of my favorite genres of sci-fi, especially in cinema. So I will give this movie, um, I'm going to give this movie a 9. This is going to be on my top 10 list, I bet, of favorite movies this year. Above all the Marvel movies or anything like that. Well, good.
1: I've I've yelled at at the world yesterday about how many Marvel movies there are. And I love Marvel. It's just so many superhero movies. I just
0: want to see more stuff like this. It's just fresh and original and actually a good time. It's so, like, don't get me wrong. I love movies like Arrival and Dune. Dune's a remake. Arrival was fun. Yeah, but but I don't want all my movies that are going to be weird sci-fi to have to be heady and pretentious. Sometimes I want them to be he- this. fun, and th- and this movie is it's, is kind of heady. There are things to think about. You know what I mean? There are things, sim- symbolism in there to to look at. But
1: I, it just everything like uh, it was it was just a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to any next movies from Jordan
0: Peele. I totally agree. Anyway, that's our discussion of Nope. We hope you enjoyed it. We know it was kind of muddles, kind of all over the place, but when you see the movie, you'll understand why. It's kind of a difficult movie to kind of to stay on track with. But yeah, nine out of ten for me.
1: 8.75
0: um, for me. All right, until next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
1: Follow us on Instagram at the kid in the pick and on roguemedia network.com.
0: Until next time. <laughs>